Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to Football Manager Therapy. I'm Matt Richards, and on this week's episode... Well, I tried some new intros, but I guess you didn't know. FM Stories are the show, and baby, now I got the flow. Because I knew it from the start. When it stopped, it broke your heart. Then I had to come again and show you that I'd win. You lied to me. All those times I said I'd rap for you, you lied to me. Yes, I tried. Yes, I tried. You lied to me. Even though you knew I'd rhyme for you, you lied to me. Yes, I tried. Yes, I tried. Return of the raps. Return of the raps. Return of the raps. You know they're coming back. Return of the raps. Return of the raps. Return of the raps. You know they're coming back. Joining me as always is the daddy to my chips. It's Tony Jameson. I love that. I genuinely love that. It's uh, meta, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> the, the, the thing was, though, there's part of me going like, good, I hope he says it's the return of the mat, because that just makes it even more f***ing meta. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm back doing my own thing. I've, I've got my gimmick back. Don't you worry about this, everybody. Yeah, I, I, will, I, will say that, I will say this. I did consider that, but then I was like, that's very self-indulgent. Um, and I was, I self-indulge was, all the way. Like you dine on this. Like, you know, I'm, I'm happy that these are back. And I know that we've got a lot of listeners who would be very, very happy to hear that the, uh, that the rhymes are back. So new season, everyone's back playing football and the raps are back. What a time, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive indeed. Um, also when I was going through the lyrics of that, uh, that, that that song, which is obviously "Return of the Map by Mark Morrison, um, for for younger listeners, uh, you know, because obviously at the end of each line, when he's like "Return of the Mac," is like he says something at the end, and there's, and yeah. I always thought he said "Pump up the world," but it's it's on top of the world. Yeah, I always I always thought because I, I remember when I was a kid, and I was like, "What does pump up the world mean?" It means nothing. Um, because that's not the lyrics. One of the uh, one of the greatest sights I've ever seen, I've ever bore witness to, is. Um, coming back from gigging one night and Mrs. J had had all of her mates around in the, uh, in the house. And as they, as they, as they tended to do, you know, they'd, uh, sink a few bottles of wine, they'd, they'd put the tunes on and, and return of the Mac was a favorite of, of theirs. Um, and there's nothing more beautiful than watching, uh, your, your wife and one of her mates, you know, belting out return of the Mac and, and one of them insisting on like, almost telepathically knowing that they're doing back and vocals. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. They're in sync. And you're just like, it's unspoken. Like they're, just, they're belled out, and then one of them just drops to backing vocals, and it's like, oh. Mwah. What's the one of the worst karaoke variations you've ever heard? So I'll start off. I, I once heard "Lipstick on Your Collar" changed to "Lipstick on." Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to bleep this out. "Lipstick on Your," b- <laughs> and it haunted me for the rest of my life. Um, it was. It was. It was. Where? Where did you hear this? It was in like London somewhere. 
um and, and it was like really like lipstick on your and then yeah yeah uh that stuck with me i mean it might it might not surprise you um i don't frequent many, many karaoke bars um there, there was a bar in newcastle though called the black garter uh-huh. and um i say i say bar it's it was a pub right and a proper rundown pub as well right in the center of newcastle in the big market um and at two o'clock in the afternoon, you would always hear uh, someone pissed belting out Black Velvet uh, on the karaoke. Which <laughs> yeah. was just looking, Black Velvet! I was like, this is amazing. So that's probably about the closest I've got to karaoke in a long time. Yeah, I think my, my when I was living down south, I used to do Arctic Monkeys because I could just talk um, and they'd cover it because they're all like, oh, Norman. Um, but mine was always New York, New York. Loved it. Gets the people going, you know what I mean? Get some pumped up. Yeah. Right, Tony, should we, should we talk about Football Manager? <laughs> should we come... So next on uh, on karaoke therapy. Oh, man. What a podcast that would be. That would be great. You know what? There, there, is, there is a lot of therapy for anybody that, that enjoys karaoke. You you do need a bit of... A bit of you need to talk to somebody, I think. Um, <laughs> there you go. I heard it here first from Tony Jameson. So we've got a couple of things that we're going to talk about on, on this week's episode. Um, we're going to be catching up with what you've been up to on Twitch. There's been some big developments um, over on that save but we're going to start off talking about the nerdy uh and the geeky stuff as i'm going to tell you about my closer look at the goalkeepers in football manager okay yes um so you've probably seen me so this came around when we had it, we were at that conversation, and I was like, I really don't know how to judge if a goalkeeper's good on Football Manager other than stats. Well, this is the thing because for years, for years, you could have a goalkeeper could make a clean sheet. They've saved three penalties. They've even scored at the end of the match, and they end up with a six point two. Like it's just been, it's been a, <laughs> it's been a joke for years that Football Manager goalkeepers just can do. It doesn't matter what they do, they get six point five. And that's that's the the base limit. Like occasionally they'll get an eight, and you go, "How?" Like, but it's, it's like so. Uh, it was such, such a miracle that ever happened. There was apparently a big overhaul uh, on goalkeeper stats on FM twenty one, so it does seem a good time to look at it. And we've had most of the game cycle to look and to see if that's actually fair. Um, so yeah, so I think this is a good time to be to be looking at goalkeepers, mate. So one of the one of the things I did notice while I was doing this was that number one, the big games. Barring a mistake made leading to a goal, my goalkeeper got the best ratings he got all season. Like he turned up in those games. Now I don't, and I don't, I didn't see that much deviation away from his usual stats, if that made sense. So I couldn't, in terms of like the data that was readily available to me, it didn't outshine or, or, you know, uh, overshadow other performance. Didn't let the occasion get to him. That's yeah, but it, I just found it a bit odd that, like, so the save I'm using just to, to give some context is is a, is a Wolfsburg save. Um, I mean, I'm currently in the third season, but I started looking around like first and second season, and it. But I just, yeah, I just kind of noticed that, like, I, I, and again, this is maybe something that you know I need to find out and learn, but I, I, I couldn't notice it wasn't very noticeable about why he'd get a seven one game and then a six point seven 
on another game, if that made sense. Like, because looking at just the the, the mm. pure data, it was pretty much around about the same. Um, so yeah, I did notice that. I did notice that. But yeah, I went, I went, I went in a little bit. Um, so season one and the season one. Uh, this is kind of like where the idea came. So it's end of season one. I, I purely focused on shot stopping. So um, I looked at save percentage. And then I broke down the save percentage into saved, parried, and tipped, which is the game's ways of um, differentiating the saves. So, um, mm-hmm. sorry, it's held, parried, and tipped. Sorry. Um, so, pretty self-explanatory. Apart from, I thought like the parried and tipped thing I was a bit like, oh, that's a weird sort of difference. I'm, I'm assuming, like, tip. Do you know think? Because I, I, I would interpret that that parried is is where the, you've you've essentially spilled the ball back out, and there's another opportunity to score. Whereas tipped, I would maybe interpret as tipped around the post or tipped over the bar. Yeah. See, so I, I always thought tipped, tipped was over the bar, mm. and I thought like you can't like obviously, you know, a goalkeeper's told that like if you can't hold onto the shot, make sure you turn it around the post. Yeah. With with both hands, that's how I viewed a parried. But you are right. It's like. It isn't quite clear, and it's 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 almost like that. Then that then allows the rebound. That, that's how I would interpret it. Personally. Yeah, like, like if he yeah. parries the shot, I sort of get the impression that he's gone. He's gone to make a save. He's gone down, and he's and he's just and he hasn't held on to it. Mm. He's all the the, the 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 power or the the force of the football. He's not been able to get his hands on it and hold it. He's spilt it for one of another uh, cliched phrase. Uh, he spilled the ball. And then the goalkeeper, the, the, the striker, then looks to, to, to get that second shot, the tap in, or a second strike away. Whereas I think that for a parry, that's that's how I would interpret that, rather than a tip around the post or, or a tip over the bar. I think that would be fine if, if again, the only real the only real thing there that would could be like a good parry and a bad parry is is again like I don't is it a mistake leading to a goal? Because you do see it in, in mm. FM quite a lot where a goalkeeper like spills it or stops it and then the and a, a quick striker or he's got a track of a good anticipation runs in and, and finishes straight away. Mate, I've got I've had goalkeepers like I mean, again, this is a great episode <laughs> for us to talk about. I've had goalkeepers who have who have caused all manner of heart palpitations. Um, <laughs> some of them haven't even got near parrying the ball. Um, yeah. some of my goalkeepers have attempted tackles. Uh, thirty yeah, yards out from their yeah. goal, so you know, I'll I'll take I'll take a parry. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't again. Like I must admit, initially I didn't really go in and watch the highlights. I was literally just looking for the 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 raw data, the raw numbers. So first season I looked at is um Castiles that we have at, at Wolfsburg, and he saved seventy two point three two percent and conceded seven uh, twenty seven point six eight, um, which actually is very good um so that shot's faced and then uh, we broke down he, he held more than he parried and tipped so that was i was quite happy with that so that's the initial thing i looked at now i was a, i was a massive idiot because <laughs> during that first season i individually went through each game <laughs> and counted up the numbers and i realized i was like oh there's a flipping stats tab and there it was mm. bam straight on the stats tab and i was like all right all right okay cool um I'm going to lie and be like, yeah, I was just making sure it was more accurate. Sure. Just wasting my own time. So I was kind of like, I was kind of happy with that because in that first season, we did pretty well. I think we overachieved. We finished like third, I think. Um, I think maybe third, fourth. 
which is good for Wolfsburg in a, in a league with Bayern and Leipzig and Dortmund. But I did notice that we were conceding quite a lot, and I was. This is where it all came from. I was kind of like, you know, how much is my goalkeeper at fault for how much you know, the goals that we conceded, and that's kind of where this all started. So this is where season two gets interesting because we had an absolutely shocking season two. Woo, buddy. We, whoa. Oh, dear. Uh, the wheels certainly came off. My uh, my job was actually uh, <laughs> close to getting getting sacked on that one. Um don't know what happened. Okay, now right now now I'm now I'm now I'm interested. I can I can add something here, surely. No, it was just bad. We just we just kept on giving up. I was so I was using a four four two for the first season and I carried it through to the second season and I just I just got it wrong a lot. Um and we just gave up chance after chance after chance and in turn Castile's ended up conceding a lot. But again, like what was interesting with the second season, he he maintained quite a similar rating on on his shots stopping. Mm-hmm. So in terms of what he was doing, he was still performing to like a decent level. So he actually got he, he improved. Um, so he got seventy six point six two percent of shots saved, and and then twenty three point three eight of of conceded. So he actually got better stats, but obviously that might also be due to the fact that he probably dealt with a lot more volume of shots um, coming in. Yeah. So that's when I kind of... I, what I noticed is he started making mistakes leading to goals. I think he had at least three that the game flags, and there was definitely two that the game didn't flag, which I did put up on Twitter, and I was a bit like, eh. So I started going, I think I'm going to look for a new goalkeeper. He was getting a little bit older as well. Like I think he was 29 around about this point, so I was kind of like, yeah, I need to be thinking for the future. So I started. this is when I started looking into more of a recruitment side of it and was kind of like, okay, cool. What can I use to quantify how good a goalkeeper is? You know, regardless of, all right, well, they've got 17 aerial reach. So made a little shortlist, broke it down, narrowed it down to, to three goalkeepers. Uh, Romero from Real Sociedad, Mayangnan from Milan. Oh, mm-hmm. well, he's yeah. a little on the game. Uh, and then uh, Anaki Pena at Barcelona. So Pena was interested because he was actually had a season at Barcelona B. It wasn't the first team, but I had enough data on it. So I, I had I flagged a couple of other players, but I just didn't because I didn't. I think they were like in Belgium or Holland, and I didn't have the the leagues loaded because I just had like top five leagues. So I couldn't actually look at their data. So what I, what I then did with those, uh, I compared I compared them all like shot saved, uh, goals conceded. But then I went and looked at their shots saved per 90 and their conceded per 90 as well. Um, Castile's actually came, came out on top of conceded per 90, which isn't good. He conceded 1.25 per 90. As, but Ramiro did as well. Um, uh, Myangnan, like was about 1.09. And this is where Peña stood out. He, he, he only conceded 0.63 per 90. But I was like, ooh, he plays for Barcelona mm. B. So I was kind of like, there is a risk in this because he's obviously not playing in a top league. But I was kind of like, hmm, it piqued my interest. So then I looked at shot saved again per 90. Castile's actually came out on top. Um, again, this is probably down to us having a rubbish season and, and, and our X, XGA being so high. Um, 
he got 4.08, then the guy from Lille got 3.19, Ramiro got 3.19, and then Pena actually came in lower at 1.779. But again, that comes down to how many shots they faced. So it did give me kind of like a good idea of roughly where, you know, these goalkeepers and how they were performing. So I nearly went with Ramiro, but Pena was like available for like 1.6 million. And I was like... Ooh, and he was 22, 23. I was like, ooh, I know he's going to be playing well because of Barca, uh, Barca B. So I just took the plunge and went, all right, well, you know, if we need to, we've got Castiles as number one for another season because he came in as backup and then we can sort of work our way in. Um, I will tell you now because I'm in season three, Peña is unquestionably number one and he's killing it. (laughs) So, So good Good, good on the on the on the points of, of recruitment, but how do I now focus solely on the goalkeeper here? Because I want to I want to be measuring this goalkeeper against other goalkeepers, removing kind of like well, like kind of removing the the the, the, the defense from the the, the picture, which but is it's the same as what we said, you know, like the week before last when we were talking about defenders and going like, you know, we're not gonna like, like let's take uh, tackle percentage out because. If you're Man City, you're not tackling very much. You're intercepting, you're pressing. Like so you want to change the metric to get the right data. And as you say, like it's always been it's always been a thing, you know, when you look at stats for, for goalkeepers, historically people go for save percentage and you and as you say, you're right there, like you know, when I remember uh ones where we sort of you had um Mignolet and, and Pickford were were, were were really, really high in save percentage because Sunderland were facing so many shots every single week. Like, even though they were conceding goals, they were still actually stopping the team conceding more goals. So that's why they were a good goalkeeper because, yes, they'd concede two goals a game, but, hey, if it was someone else in goal, they might have conceded three goals a game or four goals a game. So he's bought you two goals back in that sense. So, yeah, so, so I was kind of like, right, I want to go a little bit further here. So I kind of, I used... Uh, FBref as a reference mm-hmm. point because they now have their own built-in scout reports for players on their website using their own data and there is a lot of data on there and and I'm using American Soccer Analysis um, which is another mm-hmm. website that is actually as you can gather from the name is solely based on on all the American leagues but they do some really interesting stuff they're very very interesting. Um, and I, 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 I discovered them via uh, John Muller, who does Space, 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 who, who's like I think he's called like John Space Muller on, on on Twitter and well worth follow. But they've been they've come up with something called um, G Plus, which is goals added, and it's this system they've created about how a certain action or a certain group of actions affect the likelihood of a goal happening, or vice versa, if that makes sense. That's the most simplified mm-hmm. bloody version you're ever going to hear of that. But they, they, they've they've started to focus on goalkeepers. So I kind of like use both these websites as like, all right, cool. Well, how do I create a wider look at the goalkeepers? So end of season three, when it comes up, this is what I'm going to be looking at. So I'm going to be looking at shot stopping, which again is what we've been doing before. Held, parried, tipped. I'm also going to look at the XG specifically from shots faced. So not xg total for the match because i did this Mm -hmm. first but again that is it's that takes into consideration block shots shots off target right so all i want is shots faced shots that the goalkeeper has had to deal with because i think that gives a slightly more accurate picture of of 
their performance. Yeah. And I tend to do like this for, say for instance, if we finish in the top five, which we probably will, we'll probably finish like third or second, hopefully if it goes continues to go well. Um, I'll look at probably like the top five goalkeepers in the Bundesliga that year. So for the sake of my sanity as well, I was like, I'm keeping it five because I'm not going in to every single match in the Bundesliga <laughs> season for five goalkeepers and working out the accurate XG from Shot's face. But um, yeah, that, that I am gonna I'm gonna look at that. So shots up and fair enough. Now this is an interesting one, and I, I'm 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 gonna say it now. It's something that I would I, I could see value in mm-hmm. in in going into FM22 claiming or as F FB ref call it crosses stopped and they use like a percentile they use mm-hmm. a percentage for it because you uh, this is something I thought would be in it like you know how many crosses you gather versus how many crosses you you don't yeah you know um i am if someone's out there and is listening to this and goes well yeah it's here please drop me a message mm-hmm. um let me know but i i couldn't find anything for it yeah because you'd think it would tie in with that commands the area attribute bingo that's where my head at was with it aerial reach and command of area and obviously yeah. handling but um because that's one of my one of my sort of key attributes if i'm looking for goalkeepers i go yeah, for command yeah, yeah. The area and i go right there yeah you probably like how how aggressive is he if the ball comes in is he gonna come and come and claim for it or is he gonna be like so oh no rude to my line and that, that that's the situation that i'm like mm, are my defenders good enough to cover for the fact that he's not going to come for the ball. I love a highlight when my goalkeeper just plucks a corner out of the air and then immediately starts counter-attack. It's just like the best thing in the world ever. Distribution as well. Yeah, well, Absolutely. we're going to get onto that. Don't worry, going to get onto that. Um, so that one's going to be a bit, that one's going to be a little tedious maybe because right now I think I'm going to have to look at like crosses completed and or crosses uh, in, in, in each individual game. I'm going to have to look into that a little bit, but I think that that would be something that would be worth doing. Next up, sweeping. So, this was interesting. So, again, like, FB ref called this defensive actions outside of the penalty area. Catchy. Um, <laughs> they'll probably break that down into, like, XDAO or, I don't know. Um, you know, they always do, don't they? They always come up yeah. with something jazzy. Um, yeah, but so sweeping. There's not really anything in the game, but so I, but I did notice this. Castile's had eight interceptions for one season, which I think was season two in comparison to the other goalkeepers where they didn't have any interceptions. I think Peña might have had, like, one. So, I, again, I, 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 at the time, I wasn't curious enough to go in and try and find them. But surely now we're at a point where we've got a game where we've got a sweeper-keeper, you know, and especially a sweeper-keeper on attack. Yeah. It'd be nice to have something where we could just have a figure to be like, oh, they've intercepted this. And again, like... It sounds like we were the FB ref one, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's, it's defensive actions outside the penalty area, which could be a tackle or an interception or a header or whatever the action is. It does That's not really important, but it does. I think it does add value to when you're trying to look at a goalkeeper's performance, like how they deal with sweeping up out in the defence. And again, it ties into to like an anticipation attribute as well and, and, and vision. Yeah. That you need to see the game. And again, all... All t- all times you're rushing out, um, yeah, you know, yeah, eccentricity. Like you've all seen goalkeepers who come charging out, head the ball away when the striker's running through. There's a through ball. You've seen goalkeepers sort of like go for it and then hesitate. You know, again, those decision making one on ones again would would maybe tie in with that attribute as well. Um, but yeah, or even just just running and just like sliding tackling the ball away to to cut the the long ball out. Like yeah, these are all especially because how. 
like sweeper keeper is almost the default now in mm-hmm. in game. Like so, you would yeah, think yeah. that they're going to have to start looking at those uh, those um, attributes and those those stats um, shoot a lot more. And I know, I know, like I said, that this year has been a huge step up for goalkeepers, but there's still massively as really. with everything, there is still bits that need to come along with it. And I think that those those are, are really interesting uh, areas to look at. I mentioned earlier that Castile's had. I've had three mistakes leading to a goal and there was definitely a couple more that weren't flagged and this was one of them was he came to get the ball as like a an action of like sweeping up and got it completely wrong I think he like came to gather it and it was right on the edge of the area and it mm. just it just it was definitely mistaken the game didn't flag it so I was kind of like alright well I can I can see that there's interceptions but like is where's the interceptions missed or, or whatever you know that thing yeah. um but it's, I think this is, I think the reason, and again, like I'm trying, I, I, hopefully I am explaining why these things have value, but I think this one's a great one for scouting because if you're looking for a sweeper keeper, you want to see how active they are and how successful they are, uh, you know, with, mm-hmm. with these sort of actions. So hopefully. And then finally, passing and distribution, which is is kind of broken into two, I guess, because passing's, you know, if you're playing out from the back, like how pass completion success and blah 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 but you can also look at like with distribution you throw in kicks maybe specifically like when i had this in this one in mind i was like distribution that leads to a goal within x amount of actions because yeah. the problem with the game is you can't be like you know when you know like things like pressing traps like oh you know when you're looking at things like ppda and, and stuff it's like within five seconds you know, a defensive action within mm-hmm. five seconds it doesn't really line up with the game. So I was kind of like, maybe I need to find a way to kind of, you know, put a limit on this and quantify like, you know, X amount of passes before it led to the goal or like, yeah, I've just got, that's the the only thing that I'm kind of like, I need to find the thing where, I, where I, 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 say for instance, like this creates a scenario, you know, play out from defense, goalkeeper passes to defender, Central defenders, central defenders play it between each other. Pass it back to the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper, say for instance, like sends a diagonal down the flank to bombarding wing back. Wing back crosses goal. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's yeah. it's a it's not an assist, but it's a it's a <laughs> Twitter's favorite term. It's a pre pre assist. Everyone gets very angry at that. Uh, again, I hate, I hate to use Pickford as an example, but I remember watching him at Sunderland at the time that Sunderland were horrific horrific that season and like he was the shining light in an incredibly poor team and the one thing that stood out to me was his distribution and he would collect the ball and he would ping it to whichever wing it was and it landed on his man every single time and I was like and I I sat up at my seat I was like fuck that's like that's like sort of a degree of accuracy from a, a deep lying playmaker you would love that so for me Distribution there, I would, I would take that even more simple and go, right, distribute to playmaker or distribute to flanks. If the ball goes out there, how quickly does that then become the goal-scoring opportunity? Because if that's how you're, you're wanting to, to turn possession over and, and, and create... There's also the um, um, long throw to launch counter-attack trait. Yeah. And obviously that mixed with like decisions and throwing and, and technique and whatever. That can be super dangerous. I, I can't remember who it is in the game. There's someone particularly like deadly at that i think it might be casper schmeichel um 
off the top of my head. Sounds about right, yeah. His old man used to be quite Yeah, he did, exactly. That's why I think it was stuck in there. (laughs) So, yeah, so I'm, uh, like, at the end of season three, I'm probably going to put this in a blog because I can't just put it on Twitter or just in Discord. So, but yeah, I'm going to be focused on short stopping, crosses stopped, slash claiming, sweeping, and then passing and distribution. But, um, again, this is very much just me trying to find useful things, but also trying to, to discover more about the game. Uh, and do some cool stuff. So, just as we wrap this up, that's what I'm doing. I'll tell you where my Twitter is at the end of the show. But um, while we're talking about nerd stuff, make sure you go and check out FM Tahiti's article yes. on PPDA after we spoke about it. He has created a a little method of it. And again, what's really, really, really good about his piece is that he's like, hey, it's not perfect, but there is scope to this being more accurate. So yeah, FM Tahiti yeah. on, on Twitter. Go and find it. It's really, really good. I've retweeted it. We put it in the Discord. Amazing. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. So yeah, go and check that out. All right. Well, that's enough nerding out for this week. So Tony, let's move away from the data and head over to the narrative. Yes. Ho, ho, ho. So, Tony, where we left off, we were singing the praises of Peterborough United's greatest manager, Tony Jameson. So why don't you just tell us what you've been up to? Where are you? Where are you? What's going yeah. on? So we'll recap for anyone who maybe hasn't, uh, was wondering what happened over the last couple of weeks. So we had won the League One title and the Pizza Cup double. Um, it's only taken us five years to get out of League One. But we did it. We did it. And as you say, we, we were, uh, celebrating. We popped the champagne. We had a brilliant time. We were still working out, you know, because we, we called it the last dance season. It was, it was now or never. Put the pressure on. We put the pressure on and we, and we got through it. Okay. We got through it. Ricky J. Jones scored a bag of goals. Uh, Louis Barry scored a bag of goals. Um, everything was perfect. We went into the summer. Um, planning for, you know, our, our first, you know, jaunt in the championship. And within about two weeks of, of the summer starting, um, the Newcastle job became very, very insecure, <laughs> right? And, and we, we, we tentatively clicked, you know, declare interest. And bear in mind, we'd started the save off at Sunderland. We thought, oh, Torban narrative, let's have a little look here. And we weren't going to, we weren't getting laughed out of the building. In fact, if anything, the fans were very, very keen to get me on board. Because Newcastle had just been relegated, so essentially we were coming up into League into League One uh, in, from League One into the Championship. Newcastle were coming down in the Championship, so we, we were sort of going, "Oh, we, we might end up at Newcastle." This is like we've not really planned for this. Then it all went quiet. It just rumbled on for a couple of weeks, and it all went quiet. I'm like, "Right, fine, we're still doing our business anyway." We re-signed Ricky Jade again for another loan, so again planning for a season in the Championship. All of our targets were sort of, you know coming to fruition or um, maybe sort of going, oh, this looks like an interesting way of, of developing the side. And then, again, completely out of nowhere, Motherwell approach us. Okay, and I, and we, we'd had a bit of a conversation with Reading um, during the season, and again, they approached us. And, and I, I'm, I'm a man who's, you know, raised with, with, uh, with, you know, manners, and if someone wants to interview you, 
sit and have a conversation with them. You know, it's the least you can do is go and have a, have a chat. And um, so we had a chat and um, and we, th- we all thought in the, in the chat, we were like, this is a bit odd. And we didn't think anything of it until about a week and a half later when they came back and said, so when can you start? And we went, oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, hadn't, yeah. hadn't really given it much, much of, an, of a thought. And I was like, well, you know what? Like the championship's going to be a grind. Absolute grind. It's taken yeah. us five years to get out of League One. Like the championship, by that rationale, it's going to be 27 years in the championship with Peterborough <laughs> before we can yeah, get true, into true. To the Premier League, right? And I thought, you know, we'd kind of like made a few little glances towards Tenerife, um, for what we were, we were, what we were calling in the chat as chaos season. Um, Love it. if, if we didn't, if we didn't get promoted, we were going, let's do a chaos season and just go like all over the place rather than just doing like another League One side or whatever. And, um, and then Motherwell came up and I was, and we were looking at it and I was like, you know what? Right. Scottish Premier League, you have to finish in the top five and you're in the European qualifiers. Hmm. Hello. And I was like, this is a lot closer to Europe than, than the championship, isn't it? And, uh, and we were, you know, so we had a quick look at the team and that, and the team wasn't too bad. You know, players like, um, like Stephen O'Donnell was still there. Uh, Declan Gallagher was there. A guy called Lewis Straps there. There's, um, there's Josh Doig. So players who are still playing in real life and, and, um, Ellis Sims, a striker that we looked at previously. Yeah, at yeah. Peter Brett. The, he's, he's Alice. at Motherwell. <laughs> he's at Motherwell ah. on the game. So we were like, Oh, should we just do it for a laugh? Right. And we, and we just, we just went, fine. Yeah, let's go for it. So we, we left Peterborough like in pre-season. We, we bundled everyone, uh, on the bus. I tried to get you to come. You were having none of it. Yeah, so fair, fair. It's, it's, it does, does sound like me that like mother. Well, no, absolutely not. Yeah, like, um, Aidan McGeady wasn't having any of it. So we, we brought a couple of our staff across with us. And uh, and we also brought Ruben Providence with us as well. So we bundled Whee. him straight into the bus. I went, right, if we're going to Motherwell, Ruben's coming with us. So, so Tony, I've got the, the question that I have then. Is, yeah. is Motherwell going well? Well, the save is now called How I Met Your Motherwell. So we've gone from Mission Impossible to, to this. It's, it's going, it's going it, well, it started well. Is is where we'll, where we'll start with <laughs> the Tony James said it started well. Uh, the the, ban- the banter bus is here, right? Uh, we started off. Bet Fred Cup was our first four games. We won four nil, six nil, two nil, three nil. Right? Okay. That that's a pretty much hello. We're here now. Um, then we went. Uh, we won our first four games. We lost to Celtic. We then won a few more games. Ends up losing to Dundee United and then we lost to Rangers. And I was like, right, fine. This, at this point, we're about mid October. We then smash hearts 5 3. We were 5 1 up at that point as well. And then end up dropping a couple of goals. We then get to the Betfred semi finals. So again, I've got cup pedigree, haven't I? You know, we yeah, then yeah. go and we play Rangers in the cup semi final. We're not expecting to do anything there. We lose 3 1 despite going a goal ahead after like two minutes. And that sort of seems to give us a bit of a morale kick to be honest because we draw two games come off the back of that then we get beaten again by Celtic then we lose to Hibs and Aberdeen and we beat Queen's Park and then we lose to Livingston and then then we lose to Brora Brora Rangers in the fourth round of the Scottish Cup who are two leagues below us Um, yeah that's not good (laughs) 
then we get hammered by Rangers 4-0 and Ross County and St Johnston and so so really in about 10 games we've won one match right and and that's bad that's that really is bad. bad yeah like, and the thing is like like, so we brought a guy in. So, so the transfer window had happened at this point as well, right? Mm. So this is the point where we're 10 games with, with one win. Transfer window's now shut. I'll give you a bit of, bit of story here, a bit of context, right? We sign, um, we sign a, a, a centre half from Hearts called Powdy O'Connor. Um, he looks all right. Like, he's, he's not, he's not particularly quick. Um, but his positioning looks okay. He looks fairly strong. So I'm kind of going to use him as more as my cover than my, um, than my sort of main, um, centre half who, who's pretty technical uh, a guy called Sam Sam Campbell so he went in on his debut against Brora of course narratively you know he's making his debut he misses the header that leads to the goal <laughs> yeah of right? course of course, of course he, he does yeah, yeah. right of course he does he went for we Ben two, White yeah yeah like we have two goals disallowed like and he's sort of going oh god this is just a bit crap and then we we play badly against Rangers we play badly against St Johnston Ross County we we well, St. Johnson and Ross County, we changed it up, right? We've gone from um, three at the back to then went to a diamond, and then we've gone to just a standard four four two now, just to grind stuff out, reset ourselves. Um, I've looked at the defense. We've got we've got one of our main guys has been out injured all season, well, which doesn't help, but it's not an excuse because we'd be losing with with him anyway. Um, so we we stripped it all back. The defense needs needs a lot of work anyway, so that was has been my key focus in January in terms of recruitment. Um, I got a couple of players in that I like, but I didn't really get my number one targets. So I'm working on number twos, which, well, I've got a guy in from, from Everton who looks like he's going to be a really great player in the future. And Everton are like blessed with defenders in this game for, for new gens. Um, whoever you touch from there just tends to do the job. So he's come in. I'm going to be, I'm excited to see how he works. I've moved Doidge out to left back and dropped off Lewis Strap, who I was playing as a left wing back. Essentially, my wing backs were playing too high. That was the problem. I was leaving myself all right, exposed. Okay. I had um, I had Will Fish. I bought him at Peterborough and then loaned him to to Motherwell. So he's come with me. So again, he's there. So I've got a few centre halves to pick from now. Uh, goalkeepers, you're talking about goalkeepers. Oh God, um, this one. Peterborough, we bought about nine different goalkeepers. We just couldn't get the right yeah. player to work. Mickey Van Sass was the one who ended up actually being decent. Um, we've got a guy called O'Malley for us. He's okay. He's now special. But just as we were about to start against uh, possibly our most important match of the season against Hearts, he gets injured. I'm like, oh, God. So we have to stick a 20-year-old goalkeeper who's never played. We've got a player lined up for next season who looks really, really good. Like I've got a young goalkeeper coming in who I've signed for about like fourteen grand or something. But he looks, he looks, he looks superb. So I put this twenty-year-old in, put the twenty-year-old in. He gets a clean sheet on his debut, on his debut, and we win. Love it. And I'm like, love right, it. You're staying in. You're staying in. Um, the Ross County game was awful. Like we, we, um, we were in it till 88 minutes. Then we, we conceded one and then conceded another one at 95 minutes. We shouldn't have lost 2-0 to that one. But the Hearts game has been has been better. We, we won that. We've then drawn with Aberdeen. We've beaten Kilmarnock, who were third. Beat them 3-2. And we drew 0-0 with Queen's Park. We should have really won that. We sat a little bit too deep, to be honest. Because mm. um, we kind of played a bit of a, a bit of a sort of counter-attack system. And I should have been more aggressive. I should have been more aggressive in that match and, and took the game to them. But, um, but in terms of signings, what we've done is we've, we've mixed stuff up a little bit. We've got a, we've got a good young Northern Irish lad called Mark Blair playing up front along with Ross Stewart, who's at Sunderland in real life. 
So again, there's an extra little bit of a, a bit of box ticking for us. So Stuart scoring goals and this Mark Blair is very, very good for our level, getting us some goals as well. Um, as I say, Providence is coming in. He's doing whatever Ruben Providence does. Uh, we've bought a couple of guys. We bought another lad in from Man United, a guy called Bailey, who's a, who's a new, a new gen. He's playing left midfield for us. He can play, uh, left midfield or, or right midfield at a press. He's um he's out of contract at the end of the season and he's only played three games for us. And I say he's only played three games because the first two games he got 7.4 and 7.6. Uh, and then the third game he got sent off after 20 minutes. So, but, I, but you know what? I think, that, I think there's enough in there for us to be a bit interested come the end of the season. We've also bought another lad in from, I want to say Barnsley. Like at 150 grand, um, right? And he again looks like he can play down the right side, and maybe up front as well. So I think we're a bit more balanced. I say change the shape, go four four two. We are now starting to pick up better results. We've got about sort of less than ten games left in the season. We're currently sat eighth, which sounds bad, but we're two points off fifth. So and we've got a game in hand. So I think now that the form's getting better we might just about touch those European qualifiers, Ooh. which would be really interesting. And if we don't, we're only expected to finish seventh anyway. So we're kind of in and about where we are. I've already got an idea as to what I want to do for next year in terms of positions to change, players to move around. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, a, it's been fun. Like I still, there's been moments, particularly in that, that sort of 10 game streak where I was like, this has been a bad decision. And like <laughs> looking back at Peterborough and like, Oh, they're ninth with Phil Parkinson in charge, who ironically we overtook, we took his job at Sunderland. Um, and I sat there ninth and, and I'm kind of going, oh, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been ninth. Like I'd have managed to fuck that up before getting to ninth. Right. So I'm not sitting there going it, we would, the grass have, would have been better there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, this is a bit, we've done something a bit more different, a bit more interesting. And, um, and yeah, we're having fun. We're having fun. It's just a bit different. That's, and that is the main thing, Tony. It is all about having fun. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm happy. Um, I'm feeling this. This is good. So where can people find you, uh, on Twitch? Um, while you're at it as well, let us know where you can find you on Twitter and, and other stuff as well. Yeah. So if you want to come and find me on Twitch, it's twitch.tv forward slash Tony Jameson FM. We will stream How I Met Your Mother Well on Wednesday evenings at nine o'clock and Sunday evenings at nine o'clock as well. Uh, we also do some stuff uh, for Twitch Sports, Monday Night Football, which of course now is not just transfer speculation anymore. It's going to be now actual um, sort of reviews and analysis and retrospective of the, the weekend's games. That's myself and a comedian called Danny Deegan. They've been, we've had some really great guests on there as well, which have been a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, something a bit different. And then Thursday nights, again on Twitch Sports, myself and Sai Maggio do fantasy football show, which we started on. And the reason I've said fantasy football show is because it used to be called the Friday night fantasy football show, but we've moved it forward to Thursday. And I'm still trying to get my head around the, the the intonation of it. So it's the Thursday night fantasy football show now, which again is something different and just a lot of fun. So uh, we've got a league in the Discord. So if you want to come and join the Discord, find the link on my Twitter. I'm getting good at these links now, aren't I? Uh, find the link on my Twitter, which is at Tony Jameson. 
So there you are. That's where you can find us. Um, Matt, what about yourself? How are you going to get your plugs in? Uh, well, first of all, you can find me on Twitter at host. You can find all the, the, the vizzes uh, and the little bits and pieces I've been doing uh, on the goalkeepers there. You can go and check that out. Um, and I'll probably be, if, if and when I do the blog post um, about all the, the newest stuff I'm going to do, it'll be on my Twitter as well. But I am, of course, going to tell you to make sure you go and check out our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash football manager therapy. It is three pound a month and it goes a long way of supporting this here podcast. We give you an extra podcast every month as well for that. You get this episode, the weekly episode, completely ad free and it's usually uh, on a Monday various times but it's usually monday evening so if you do fancy listening to this completely ad free on the monday or whenever you can you can do so on patreon.com this month's bonus episode is a return to football manager therapy retro yeah return of the back to the future episodes yeah, yeah. yeah do that <laughs> and that's why it i do really the raps <laughs> um yeah so this month we are looking at igor akinfeev oh yes the the russian nightmare between the sticks um on so many editions of Football Manager, he was absolutely belting. Um, one club man, mm-hmm. one club man as well, a lifer. He is very interesting. So we're going to be having a look in about his sort of reputation in Football Manager. I'm absolutely going to start nerding out um, about his real life stuff as well and start reading my Jonathan Wilson books from the outsider and looking into lots of little stories and history. Oh, yeah, we're going full in. Um, but that's this month. And the next month, we're doing Bakayoko, aren't we? Yes, we are, yeah, which, again, is like another another brilliant story. So, um, yeah, it's nice to get the uh, the the FMT retro ones back out because we, we, we've left them for a little bit. Yeah, so. we didn't want to fly through them too much early on. Um, yeah. So we, we rested them and they're, they're coming back. The reason we, we were doing those two is because we put it to a vote in our Patreon and we got a dead tie between uh, Bakayoko and Akaviv and absolutely no one voted for Henry Save. Um, bless him. Bless Look, him. It's, it's, his own, it's his own fault. The second he signed for Newcastle, it was just going, oh, come on. Come on, you you know you need to you need to go and sign for somebody else. Really ruin your legacy. Come on, don't don't attempt to try and be a footballer. Come on, Henry. <laughs> there you go. Um, so every month we shine some focus on a worthy cause, and this month we are looking at a favourite here on FMT, and that is Mind UK. They do some amazing charity work in the world of mental health. Uh, they genuinely offer some really really fantastic support and resources for either yourself or someone that might be struggling with mental health we know how much um, lockdown and the pandemic has felt uh, affected people all over the world so i do think it's a really good time as we start to look to the future to make sure that we are looking after ourselves and our mental health as well so you can find out with some more inf- information on mind in the uk at mind.org you Okay. Right, well that's all the time that we have here on this week's episode. We're going to be back, obviously, same place, same time, next week. But in the meantime, take care of yourselves and we will see you next week on Football Manager Therapy. <laughs>